Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 197. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the highly acclaimed and celebrated author, Russell Nolte. Russell. Yay! Thanks How for you having doing? me. You're welcome. I'm doing good. I mean, it's launch day, so I'm kind of like going a little bit bananas. I've had way too much caffeine today, but uh, I'm very excited to be here. So I don't have to look at that Kickstarter page for a little bit. Well, that's true, because we do. you are. You just launched it. This is Ichabod Jones, the complete Lovecraftian dark fantasy comic. This is volume four, correct? Or is this a... It a, is. A, and it's, it's volume four, and it's the whole story now. So what we did okay. was the first volume was pretty much self-contained. But then when I brought it back in 2019, I really didn't have very much to do to bring it back. When fans demanded I bring it back and then raised an obscene amount of money for me to reprint all of the old books, um, I uh, uh, I decided to do three, two, three, and four as one story. So it kind okay. of is all one big story, but this is the complete Ichabod Jones Monster Hunter series. Um, right. in total. Now, what people don't know is the book is not called Ichabod Jones Monster Hunter. Like the series is called Ichabod Jones. The first arc was called Monster Hunter. But when you have six, uh, no, nine or 10 years of, call, of like, calling it Ichabod Jones Monster Hunter, like it just kind of permeates as the thing that it is. But like Ichabod Jones Monster Hunter was only supposed to be like one arc of the series. Okay. And now, so, so talk to us a bit about Ichabod Jones. It's a really cool, it's a really cool concept. And I love how you describe it, at least from the interviews that I saw, is that it's still up to the reader on where the actual story takes place. Is that true? Yeah. So it's about a mental patient that escapes an asylum and becomes a monster hunter during the apocalypse, but doesn't know if he's killing monsters, humans, it's all in his head or like really what's going on. And it's very hard to, um, keep that tension going across 16 issues and make it so that like the story actually makes um like makes logical sense so i'll admit that like people might when they read volume three be like well like you told me it was going to be this thing and now you kind of have picked a lane but like i promise you the fourth volume like will kick you right in the teeth and will send you right back into not knowing what the heck is going on um so yeah uh the so Ichabod is this weird thing, right? Because like, it shouldn't be as popular as it is. Like, I still don't know. I mean, I think it's because it's just so weird that people respond to it. But like, it's not, uh, Ichabod's not like an attractive woman. He doesn't like kick butt in like the traditional way. Like, he's not like confident. He's constantly getting his butt kicked. And like, he's... He's constantly, he's like, he's just like, he's, he's not a buffoon, but he's just like, all of his wins are very short lived and hard won. So, mm. uh, so you end up with this character who like never gets fan art because like, it's not, he's not aspirational. Uh, he's, if anything, he's a horrible warning. He's not like a shining beacon, but I think what people really respond to is like, he's very, he's very human. Mm. Like he's like the it's brutal and like violent and a lot of the the ways that he, he he brutalizes these monsters in the apocalypse is like kind of horrific to watch but like if you watch someone kill somebody or something like it's pretty brutal to watch that happen right. uh, and so like i i you know i i it used to be my worst selling book 
but okay. something happened over the years where people would keep coming back to the book and keep coming back to the book and keep telling me, keep asking me questions about the, the characters and what happened um, until I, 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 I realize now 10 years on doing this, that like, that is really uncommon. Like I've had way more successful books than Ichabod and no one ever okay. comes to talk to me about like what the, what the end of Katrina meant. But like with right. Ichabod, people are consist constantly asking me questions about Ichabod and like what happened and why I did this. And like, it's a very unique experience. So I think, I think we've hit probably like the upper echelon of what Ichabod will ever like, as far as backers get to, I'm not sure, but like, I'm pretty confident that, um, you know, uh, Ichabod is a very like niche book. And the fact that it raises 20 grand or so per campaign is like kind of miraculous to me, but I think it's because like the people that find it, like really love it. Like they can't get out of their head. And I, frankly, I spent 12 years. I can't get out of my head either. So, um, so yeah, like it's this weird collection of like, it's not a Charlie Stickney book. Like, it's not like a lot of beautiful people doing beautiful things and like looking beautiful doing it. Um, while being like, and it's not like beautifully written either. It's like very much a, a, uh, a, a like exploration of, uh, of like mental illness and of mm. what it means to be a hero and of redemption. And I mean, I just, I think that he's very relatable, mm. even though he is like been, he's a serial killer. I think he, what, what I've done, been able to do is make him a very relatable character because most people go through their lives like not knowing what's happening, like not feeling confident, like not feeling like they matter, like not feeling like they'll ever be the hero of their own story. And Ichabod like kind of embodies that, which is painful to some people. Like what they want is an aspirational story. Like they want Superman who will always win in the end. And while Ichabod uh, like keeps going, uh, like is he winning is a question that is constantly on people's minds so i kind of long story short like i kind of am shocked that like ichabod has lived this long and been this successful because mm -hmm. like as a person who consults comic book creators on and authors on how to launch books successfully on kickstarter i'm not sure that i would have ever said told somebody to like go and d double down and do 16 issues of this very weird book Right. Well, so because the piece of it is like you have, you have either published yourself or been a part of sixty-three distinct pieces of work, and as you mentioned, that this one seemed to come out of nowhere. But from an analysis perspective, what as you, you I, I know you just spent the last five minutes saying I'm not sure why, but what would be your guess? as to why Ichabod speaks to, to such a niche audience. I think that he is a very uncommon hero and people mm. that are looking for uncommon heroes find him in a world of, of polished heroes. And frankly, like a lot of my heroes are much more polished. Like Katrina is a much more polished hero. So is Octa. Probably every single hero that I write is like a more polished, more relatable, more, more, um, more uh more like main character centric than ichabod is like ichabod probably should never be the main character in a story and i think again most people feel like they'll never be the main character in a story or like they're so what i have determined 
over my writing of this book is what what helped heal me writing Ichabod was this idea that you are a hero because of what is broken about you, not despite of it. So oh, okay. Ichabod is is a hero in the apocalypse because of all of the terrible things that he did in real world. Like he has a, he has just a, a very, um, a high tolerance for viscera and horror and doing terrible things and somehow surviving and, and this, like his mental acuity and all of these things that like literally are the things that society said, like this is broken about you. I'm locking you away forever. You'll never see the light of day in this new place. Like they are the thing that make him a hero. And there's a lot of stories about people who d become heroes despite their brokenness. And Ichabod is very much a story about a person who becomes a hero because of his brokenness. And that's a huge distinction you often don't see explored ever in literature let alone in comics right and so as you're as you're writing for ichabod as can as compared to your other main characters and your other works um do you tend to get into it easier i guess is like when you're sitting there typing away um do you have to kind of get yourself geared up to write ichabod uh, as compared to the other ones so i think that Ichabod was the hardest book for me to come back to. I've, I, I did more book more in the God's verse and other books. I've done a lot of sequels now. Ichabod, because of the bleakness of the first volume and how it mm. ends um, and, and where I was, I was in a very bad headspace, which is probably what people relate to because a lot of people are in a lot of real bad headspace right now. Mm. Um, so people are like, it was really hard for me to decide to come back and people for years had begged me to come back and do more Ichabod. And I just, it's a real, he's a really hard character as far as like just the bleakness of him. So I, I it took me a long time because I wrote it when the first volume, when I was at the lowest point of my career and I wrote to mm -hmm. in 2019, I wasn't at the lowest point of my career anymore. Like I'd had a lot of success. So I saw that it wasn't, a, I could not write a story that was, as bleak as the first volume of Ichabod was anymore. And that might be a reason why people like less backers backed at the third volume and the second volume, because they, maybe they came back expecting that bleakness. But like I had to instill a bit of hope into right. the book. And once I installed that hope into the series, um, it became a lot easier to write because I knew Ichabod was going to find like a, a glimmer of hope in all of the mess that he was doing. And um, it's kind of fun to write Ichabod because he is a mess. Like, it's just a mess of a, like, right. I, I know what's happening, but like the character is just a mess and like characters come in and out and like the things that he has to do and the way that he is, is just like, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a mess and he doesn't know how to be a hero. So he's like, but he really wants to be a hero as opposed to like Katrina, who, who is very capable and does not want to be a hero, but is willing to do but knows how to like successfully navigate the world. Ichabod right. has does never knew how to navigate the world. So even at his best, he's kind of a mess. And then throughout the when you write him, you have to write him as this sort of like chaotic 
good person. And I find chaotic good the hardest uh, alignment to write because chaotic <laughs> evil is easy. Like, because you just like you sure. everything you want everything to burn, but chaotic good is like you have to be willing to live in this state of like unknowing and mm. gleeful unknowing uh, often. And, uh, and so I, I definitely slip into the gods verse Chronicles way easier than Ichabod, but I find when it comes together in Ichabod way more satisfying than most of the other stories because of what a mess it is to get to a satisfying resolution. And I've never in a story just been like, I'm just going to trust that things are going to happen the way that like, and we're and by four issues, we're going to have a, a, a volume of book before. Um, but I don't know how else to write Ichabod. Like, and I do go back every time I knew do a new volume, and I wrote and I read every every issue, so it felt the same because every wanted every issue to feel like there was a monster fight and there was a revelation and like these three or four things happened. So you have to keep that structure while you're also dealing with a character who is messy uh, is the best word I could possibly use to describe him. Um, the, 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 he's brutally messy. He's like chaotically messy. He's neurotically messy. Um, but somehow he still finds a way to persevere. So when you go back to Ichabod, I'm kind of curious, is that do you go back to still look for that therapeutic writing that 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 you you found earlier, or are you doing it now from also for more nostalgia purposes? I think I'm doing it for people that felt so that people feel the way that that people that felt the way that I did at the beginning hmm. feel the hope by the end of it. Um, because I think that everyone, most of the people that I have, that I've found Ichabod that really respond to what have at least had a part of their life that was like, they felt completely hopeless. Right. And um, sort of the growth of Ichabod is like, that you can overcome that, that hopelessness, again, not despite of what, of, of the things that broke you, but because of the things that broke you, they will lead you through a path that, that you can become the hero of your own stories. So I'm, I don't think either. Um, uh, I think what I'm doing is I'm trying to, to, to all of the people. So in 2019, I was almost out of print on Ichabod volume one. And I told my fans that I was out of print on Ichabod volume one. And there was a, like a literal like uproar. I don't know how else to describe it. Like, like there were like very nasty emails that were uh, uh, responded. And when I went to conventions, like very nasty conversations I had. And I was like, okay, well, here's the deal. Like I need to reprint Ichabod 1 and make Ichabod, make issue 5. So like if you can get me $16,000, like on, I'll do a Kickstarter. If you guys raise $16,000, like I'll make this book. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Like I'll do, I'll do more volumes. And so when that happened it really stopped being my story. Like it's the story that I tell, but like, it's a story I'm telling for the people who loved it so much that they could not let it go that like, it just lived inside of them. And so what I want is to give them something that is a, uh, a satisfying resolution to all of the pent up feelings that they've been carrying with them since they read the book back some of them 2011. Okay. 
Oh, so our, our mutual friend uh, Bessara just asked as well. as says, would you ever let someone else write Ichabod or in the future, or is this the final chapter? This is definitely the final chapter of, uh, of Ichabod Jones' Monster Hunter. I'm not going to put the pin in Ichabod Jones as a whole. Uh, I do have a name for what the next arc would be. Um, I will say, though, that... Ichabod is a book that barely breaks even with every volume. So we would have to, I would have to find another way to tell this story, um, which did better than for the amount of effort and energy that I had to go back to. The, and I've been working on it. Like just with Cthulhu is hard to spell. I've been like trying to find a publisher maybe, or some other way to make more Ichabod. I can say that as far as monster, the monster hunter arc goes, like it has, it ends in the exact way that I always envisioned that it would end. So whether, oh, wow. if you hate it, if you hate it, like that's okay. But like, this is my, this was my vision going back to the minute that I brought it back. Cause frankly, 2014, that was how I wanted Monster Hunter to end. But when I brought it back, like now there are 12 more issues. And like, that is this, since that moment that I designed what the book would be, this is how I thought it would. End. This is the, the, the it ends in the exact way that I imagined that it would from the beginning. Now a lot of stuff happens in between that is not uh, what I expected necessarily, but it ends exactly how I wanted it to. And frankly, if I remember back to 2011, the way that I if I had continued it, I would have wanted it to end anyway. So again, I I can't say any whether I would have another author do. Uh, do like another book, I would probably do what my friend Pat does, which is, or is doing, which is he has a secondary character that is being written by somebody else. Um, I would mm. more consider writing a different format, like a light novel or something like that. Or, um, or uh, yeah, it's, it's so hard with this book because I love it and the fans love it, but like, it just is not growing in the way that you want a series to grow. Like, does that make sense? And so like, it's a $20,000 commitment for me to do every volume basically. And to make $20,000 and to go through the struggle of two years of making the art to make that happen is like a real, and uh, it's a really, um, it's a really grueling process. Hmm. So I don't, like, I would love to find a way to make Ichabod happen, but like, and I don't want to be like, well, it just it depends on you if you like make, give me more money. Cause I don't think that's a fair assessment either, but I will say that like Ichabod's a hard book. Ichabod is a very, 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 very niche book. And I got all the way to the end of it. Like I got to the end of where I wanted, which I never thought it would be able to get to. So right. um, I have no plans to keep going. I do, however, have a plan in and a name of the next arc, if it were to keep going, I know that is very confusing, but um, you know, I've thought about doing it from Kathy's point of view and I've thought of doing it from like other characters point of view or like something else that like continues the story as well. I don't know. Um, I think there's very little room on Kickstarter right now for a, um, uh, a white male psychopath, super violent character. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of, uh, of uh, appetite for it. And, right. you know, I'm not saying that that's wrong either because most of my other characters are much more diverse than Ichabod, although he's neurologically diverse and, um, and, uh, and, 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 and other things. So I don't know, like, right. you know, it, it's, 
it's hard because I don't ever want to. I said never. I said I would never do more Ichabod. And then I did 12 more issues. So I can't ever <laughs> say never. Um, but I can say that, like, I don't I don't see a path forward with how we publish it now for us to keep publishing it in the future. Mm. Now, is this, this isn't part of the Godverse Chronicles world, though. No, it's not. It's a whole different thing. Okay. All of the God's verse chronicles are like strong, independent, uh, self-confident women who take their fate into their own hands and fight the gods. Basically, is the the hook of the God's verse. So, kind of the exact opposite of Ichabod. <laughs> so, talk to us, so Russell. What we'll do is let's look at the let's look at your Kickstarter and um, and and talk to us a bit about the, uh, the the tier levels that you have on here as well. Sure. So I, every campaign I do, I get people saying that like my tier levels are confusing, but when you have <laughs> so many books and so many series, like I, I don't know how to make it less confusing and then not confuse other people. So, um, right. uh, I, I do basically three tiers. The easiest is the pin tier. So we have a cool exclusive pin at $25. Um, and then uh, we have a f at $45, you pick four, any four of our pins, $125, you get all 13 of our pins. And okay. you can pick, I mean, you can make your own bundle and add on menu as long as you like uh, pick a physical tier, you can get all the pins. Um, and then I think it's pretty easy to understand the physical tiers too, which is at right. uh, $41, you can pick any hardcover of the eight of the nine hardcovers that we have. So that includes Cthulhu one, two, three, Ichabod one, two, three, four, um, Katrina hates the dead, uh, and, uh, and pixie dust. Unfortunately, monsters and other scary ish is, um, not, uh, is no longer in print. Um, but you can pick one of any of those, um, at $50, you get the VIP call, which is a call, uh, with people that, that, that you can ask me questions. We talk about the series, um, okay. $60, you get the pin add-on. Um, and then it kind of is like two books, two book combo, three book combo, four book combo, five book combo, yada, 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 until you get to up to the all-in, which is all of our books, all of our pins, all of our novels, all of our comics. Um, so that's our exclusive pin that we had for the campaign. Uh, the really nice thing about this one is I have already ordered book four. So it is currently hopefully making its way across the ocean to me. So I will have it by the end of, um, by the end of the campaign. I hope can't promise right. that because there's been a lot of stoppages at like the, the port, but I can tell you one of the, so I'm kind of a book snob and a hardcover snob, especially. So like yeah. you can see like, uh, so here's book one, book two, book three, and then this is the book four. These are the four main characters of the Ichabod Jones Monster Hunter uh, universe. They also all like line up really nicely. So it looks mm. nice on a shelf. Um, they all like have a common theme for the hardcover like front. So like, and like I said, the I have all the first three books and the fourth one is as printed as it possibly can be. Now, you might wonder, well, Russell, you didn't fulfill your Cthulhu is hard, your Cthulhu is hard to spell campaign yet. Well, I ordered both of the books together. Okay. So when I get the Cthulhu book, I will also get volume four. So I will be able to 
fulfill both books, hopefully at the same time. Now that might be November or December. I don't know. It might come while I'm in Paris. I don't know. Uh, but uh, what I do know is that the uh, that I ordered the two books together. And uh, so they'll be as literally as soon as I can ship them, I will ship them after this campaign. Um, mm. uh, yeah. And hardcovers don't usually work that way. And so you, you've consistently, I said, you've done 23 Kickstarters as well, right? And you've also had, um, and a lot of them you've gotten projects we love. So, so talking about that, so what are some of the things you've done differently? What are the, the evolution of your Kickstarters? What are some of the things that you've done in the last few Kickstarters that you wished you did in your first couple of Kickstarters? I've pretty consistently gotten project we love since 2017, um, I think I've, everything that I've done since 2017 has gotten Project We Love, which would be my fifth or sixth campaign onwards. Um, I mean, I would have loved to have the relationship I have with Oriana and Margot before her, bef uh, uh, you know, back when I did my first campaigns. That's really helpful. Um, I think that having really good imagery helped. Like, mm -hmm. I, I just have much better imagery now than I did and a lot more of it. Um I think that the campaigns get longer and for everyone that complains that the, my Kickstarter pages are too long, like it explains all the questions. It's long because there are many questions when it relates to a Kickstarter, what pledge level, like what's the book about? Right. Um, uh, 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 where's the money going? Like, where, what are the other things that you have involved? What are the, what are your other series? Um, uh, uh, who are you? Who is the artist? Um, you know, what is the blurb for the book? Like, what what is what are the specs of the book? How long is the issue? Like, all of these things are, like, really important. And while everyone will not need all of it, like, everyone needs some of it. Some piece of it will be important to somebody. Like, you can see that there are original art add-ons that I had to add to this one. So, right. um, you know, there's, they're, they're just, there are things that, that, like, I, I've gotten better at explaining all of the pieces that I think are necessary. And I ballooned it up and then I shrunk it down. And and whenever I get it lower than this amount, I always get questions every single time. And so I would rather just have it long um, and then have it work each time. And what's nice is once you've had a big success, you can kind of like copy and paste to the next one for the most part, like add different right. imagery, change things around a little bit. And like, we've had this same one, you know, since the 2000, since the 15, the $16,000 campaign, 2019, the same kind of structure, you know, I added reviews, which are really important. Um, I think, uh, to, 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 for, especially for people who are coming in at the end, right. um, uh, I mean, it, it's hard because a lot of the things are just like a lot of things start falling in place for you once you've done several campaigns and fulfilled it and people like your books. Like, and there's nothing you can do. Like, you can't suddenly have 20 books, you know, like you can't have a career. You have to build a career. And in building a career, eventually you will, people will try your work and some of them will love it, you know, like. I think of like Neil Gaiman, you know, like once he had 10 books, I was like, all right, I'm going to see what it's like. And now I love Neil Gaiman's work. You know, like there's all these authors that just by sheer force of will over time, you're like, well, it's been 10 years and people are still talking about this book. So like, I guess I should try right. it. Um, and, you know, 
I guess what I would say, how, see, I don't know if this is a negative. What I, what I ended up doing at the beginning of my career was a lot of plunging the depths where I mm. had like a kid's book and I had a mystery novel and I had a sci-fi novel and I had a, uh, 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 a violent horror book. And then I had like an action adventure post-apocalyptic book. And, and I had like a bunch of different things, which like definitely uh, halted the trajectory of my upward ascent. But they also are the reason why I did Monsters and Other Scary-ish in the first place and did $27,000. And they're the reason why I did Pixie Dust right after it. So it's also really hard for me to say, you know, we were, we were a webcomic publisher before we uh got into um into doing hardcovers and i met a lot of people during that time eric who i who i collaborate with and nick and uh and uh angela i think i met so like most of the people i collaborate with i met all the way back then and so was that a negative i mean it definitely if i'm if i'm putting if i'm putting uh like money as the front and center reason then yes. But looking back 10 years, you know, there's stuff that I is incomparable. Like I, I can't compare to having those really terrible, that really terrible webcomic site that everyone hated, except for the right. people who, even though it, it had some really killer comics on it, but like no one read it. Um, because that led, that led to the, the success that I have now. So I think if I were, if I were to tell you, uh, like how to make the most money. I could do that. And I would say, well, what I did was like, I should have stayed in one series. I should have like made it Katrina. I should have just kept going back to Katrina again and again and again and again and again. And probably eventually I would have had a big hit. Hmm. Um, or I, some other book with like Juan or some other like more established Marvel-esque style artist, because that's why Katrina is so popular. He works at Marvel now. So this was his first book. So like, hmm. shockingly, that's also the book that sells the best. Um, you know, uh, uh, I, but in doing that, I would have foregone learning how to write in many different genres, in many different formats, in many different styles. My career would not be as robust now, you know? I mean, I would probably say go after the collector market or the boob market because those are the two big markets on Kickstarter. But like, neither of those are really the market that I focused on. Like, right. so I, I, again, like those are things that I would say to maximize money, maximizing your career. Like, I don't think anyone has a more robust fan base who likes more stuff than I do. Like, I have fans who will buy. Like I, I drew a book called How Not to Invade Earth and Gherkin Boy. They buy that. Like they buy my fiction. They buy my, they buy my comics. They buy my anthologies. Like to me, that's what you want as a career, right? You want a, right. a fan who will buy what you're putting out, even if it means that you're not getting 2,000 backers each time. And so I'm not sure, like it's hard because right. of those reasons. I don't know. Like I would, I, 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 given, given how I like to create, like, I think that I would have told myself, like, just go mess up more. Right. Like, like go, go, go mess up a whole lot more in, 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 in your career. Like go make projects that like you think you're going to bomb and bring them in front of an audience because the way that you learn is by launching a lot. And I think a lot of people, most creators don't launch nearly enough. They don't launch enough different kinds of projects. They don't launch enough. They don't do messaging enough. They don't learn copywriting enough. They don't do any of that stuff at the beginning of their career. So like they end up 
only having one or two launches a year. And you're like, you just can't learn that much on two launches. Like you need to launch, you need to go to conventions, you need to get in front of people so you can learn what they like and what they like specifically about your work. Right. Um, but I also, I did most of that stuff. So I'm not sure what I would, like, this is a, just a long rant about like, I don't know. I would probably tell my younger self, like, you're pretty cool. Maybe give yourself a break once in a while. So what, so if you have the folks that are listening or, or watching this would that say, you know what, Russell, I got a comic script. I already had it edited a couple of times. I, I feel pretty confident with it. Where am I going to find an artist to do this? Um, okay. So uh, they probably don't exist in the way that they were anymore, but I used to go to digital webbing and pencil jack forums. Um, I honestly uh, uh, went to conven comic conventions and I went to comic stores and found people who already made a book. So the number one thing that you want to look for is an artist who has already completed a comic book and wants to make more comic books. Mm. Like, do not look for someone who has done three pages or five pages or eight pages. Someone who has completed at least one issue of comic book and that looks good and reads well and is dynamic, has dynamic characters, dynamic posing. Uh, the script doesn't have to be good if they're like not the writer, but like they have to be able to tell a story and have finished an issue and be um, bonkers enough to want to keep doing it because it's the hardest thing. <laughs> it's the hardest art thing. It is the most work and least money that you can possibly make in any art, like given those two factors. And if you don't have someone who's already done it, like they're just going to give up. They're going to give up or they'll do their own project. And you want to find someone really who's done someone, someone else's work before because they know how to work on contract. Um, so like, that's the number one thing. Uh, you can find that by going to like a store or to just going to your local comic book shop. It's almost every big city. And I don't know what to do if you're in a small city, but a medium sized to big city has multiple comic book stores. One of those comic book stores will specialize in indie books they probably will have indie creator meetups or something like that. All of them will know what the new conventions are because every town at least has like a collector's convention where they'll like have back issues. And like those people are the ones who know, especially if one of the stores is an indie hub that like has a creator meetup. If they don't, you should start one in your own town. Um, the last thing I would say is nobody wants to make a thing, but everyone wants to be part of a thing. So making an anthology, choosing to be the editor of an anthology, like is a great way to like find talent who will work with you because, and who will finish. Um, most big companies, Dark Horse, Im uh, not Image, uh, Dark Horse, um, Marvel, DC, they all start people in anthologies so they can see how they work and whether they like them before they move them up to, to other projects. So, mm. um, starting an anthology is, 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 is a great way. Uh, like going and finding your local comic creators, just typing in Facebook, like com I think it's connecting writers and, and, and artists, but like, right. really like I have found the best way is to befriend artists on Facebook or in other forums, be cool, watch their career progress. And then at some point a cool, artist will like emerge and you'll be like, that's the one, What you should mm. absolutely not do ever is pick the first artist who comes your way, who can do the work. You will have to live with these artists, this work for 10 years or more. My first work, uh, like Ichabod was one of the first projects I ever did. 
And I'm still living with it 10 years later. I made, I, I directed a movie in 2007, I'm still talking about it 15 years later. Like yeah. these are projects that you make it one time and you sell it forever. And you do not want to, to, to make your entryway just somebody who could do the work. You want to spend an inordinate amount of time finding an artist because once you find an artist, your job's mostly done. Like mm. you find the right artist, they will carry the book and like you will get credit for the book. You'll never get credit for finding the artist or any of that stuff, but like the book will be done and it will be awesome. And, uh, uh, but like, if you don't, if you cheap out or you find the wrong artist or you just settle for an artist who is, who is, who, who is good, but not the right artist for your project, man, you are uh, just begging for, uh, for heartache. Either that artist won't continue on with your book, uh, or they will take forever with your book, or it won't turn out the way that you envision. And honestly, and truly the right artist is one who does a test page for you and it comes back and you say, Oh my God, that's exactly what I said. Every time I've ever hired an artist, they've been able to do that. Like, Oh my God, that's, that's the page. Like you just did right. it. You did the page. And if you, if they don't have that level, then like, they're not the right artist. They just aren't. Right. Right. Well, good. So, so we have, so as of this recording, you have I Ichabod Jones is out and you've already, as of this recording, you've already jumped up to, I think you just got more backers already. So, yay. Um, yeah, we're about halfway <laughs> there. I'm very happy. Like, this is a very weird book. Like, if I can pitch it one more time to you, it's just like, it is, it is probably like some things that exist. I can't say it's like nothing that's out there because like, I don't know the entire landscape of comics or books, but like, it's very unique in the fandom that it has in that like people either love this book and they will devour everything about it or they want nothing to do with it. And <laughs> it's usually nine of one, 99 of one to one of the ones that like really love the book. But like, this is right. Ichabod is so indicative of my, of, of like what, whether people like the rest of my work that it's like, if you like Ichabod, you probably will like everything. If you like Ichabod, you should probably just get the all in for like 500 because you're going to like everything else that I do. Because like, it's so it's always been a predictor of people who like the rest of my work. Always, it's all, even when it was selling almost no, nothing, like the people that bought it and loved it, like they would go on to become my biggest fans. Um, right. But you don't have to do that. In fact, you can get the first issue for free on the page. You just go scroll down a little bit. It says, get the first issue for free. You can read it. It's very violent. Um, it's very weird. Uh, it's the kind of things that like, it's the kind of thing that I think Kickstarter was made for. The kind of things that you will not find coming out from a publisher. Although like that has changed in the 10 years. It's weird to be like an old man and doing this now, but like, when I like, it's the kind of thing you, you generally would not see from a publisher, uh, because it's just so off the wall. Um, or at least you wouldn't have until recently. Uh, it's also just like, it, it's honestly lived this long because of the fans. Like if you're into the kind of things that like fans love Ichabod, I cannot overstate Ichabod literally would not exist without fans. Like the mm. first volume, uh, kept getting fans over the years and they brought Ichabod back from the dead. Like literally in 2019, the only reason these issues exist is because fans would not let me let Ichabod die. They, they needed to see more of the book. 
And like, that's a rare thing for like, for that's, it's a, and I, I appreciate how rare a, a, of a gift that is like between that and the gods verse chronicles, like it doesn't happen much in your life where like fans prop up a dead series and bring it back from the dead. I've been alive a long, I've been, I've been doing this a long time. I've only had it happen two times out of all of these books that I have uh, and, and, uh, and more. So, uh, so yeah, it, it's about, it's, if you want to, if you want to think deeply about, uh, about uh, 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 whether, whether you can, whether someone who's broken can redeem themselves. If you want to see somebody reclaim their hero journey and become a hero, not, despite their brokenness, but because of it. And if you mm. want just like a fun, I think it's rather funny in like a very dark way, like book. Um, I, I hope you check it out because it's, it's, it, it, it's a very, like some stories just dig deep into your soul and like, they just become like, and they won't warm out. And like, Ichab I've, I've read a lot of, I've written a lot of stories in my life. And like Ichabod is one that just like wormed his way in and, became this like very magical experience for me and for fans and like it's it's less important for me to to end this series well because of the monetary gain for myself like it is much it is very important for me to do so so that because ichabod deserves it the fans deserve it and renzo podesta who is criminally underrated deserves it i mean like renzo is I, we didn't even talk about that. Renzo is criminally underrated as a, as a, as a, uh, as a creator. Like the fact that he is not as big as, um, as the artist for umbrella Academy or Scotty young or like, or, or any of those creators. Like I, I literally, like I, I wake up some days and like, I can't believe that like he's still even worked on the, that. He was even available to work on like the other 12 right. issues of this book. Like he is a very, very special, unique, creator and artist who makes indie books because he loves making indie books and like and and like wants to make his weird stories and just he does it in a way that i mean i've i've on i'm honest to goodness like never seen before and i'm not just saying that as like a person who hired him or a person on his books like he's his his art works in a way that like very few artists in the world work and um uh, he deserves like to have this series go out with a bang. Yeah. Well, perfect. Well, thank you very much, Russell. This has been great. And it's been, and you know, as, as we're talking before, before we went on the air, um, a lot of people have been talking about you and a lot of people have been that have previous guests who, who owe their success, as they say to, um, you know, watching you and learning you and learning from you and learning from your other books and your other series as well. So, Thank you very much, Russell. This has been great. You're welcome. So happy to have to uh, that you had me on. And you, you are a seasoned podcaster as well. Too. I did. I used. I had a 200 episode podcast, and now Monica and I have a podcast, and we're about to launch a second podcast. And I'm thinking about launching a third podcast. Oh, jeez, Louise. <laughs>